Well, streak's over. The Suns have lost to the Indiana Pacers by a score of 122 to 111 on the first game of a homestand. They have now dropped to 25 and 12. Welcome, Jamsters, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. I wish we had better news to talk about, but the Suns <laughs> lost this yeah. game. Uh, Matthew, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Good to be here, but not kind of, kind of not really, actually, but uh, tough loss tonight, right? Yeah. Tough to uh, watch. You know, it's disappointing to see the Suns play in the manner that they did. This is a team that obviously... They have the ability to beat. I don't know if uh, I necessarily thought that they would, you know, get killed the way they did, you know. Yeah. But I yeah. thought it'd be a much more competitive game, and it's just disappointing to see them take some mental breaks. And it, sh- it goes to show you in the NBA, if you take three minutes off in a game mentally, if you aren't hyper focused, any team in the NBA can come and bite you in the butt. And that's what happened tonight. At least my initial thoughts, if you will, Matthew. Yeah, and I mean, it's early to say, but I think the Pacers kind of just really wanted this game tonight. I think they kind of needed it. And it's it's probably a worst take ever, but Suns, of course, would need the win too as well, but there it is. Let's just cut the pot off. I yep, I guess, I guess it's, it's over. Gone. It's over. It's done. <laughs> We're done too as well. I'm not nervous tonight either, and I still said it. So, <laughs> You know, it's funny. At work, I actually caught myself saying it, and then... I told everybody about it. So really, you're like, this is yeah. you're like, this is a running hashtag. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's plenty of us to get in. Uh, plenty of us to get into tonight. What the this hell? This is a great start. <laughs> it's an off plenty, night. <laughs> plenty for us to get into tonight on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So if you are sticking around and watching this after the game live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Thank you. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the bell to notify you when we go live, which is after every Suns game. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, please subscribe, rate, review. We went from 39 Apple podcast reviews to 44. So thank you, Jamsters. Very nice. Thank you. You know, so give us those five-star reviews. Hell, you can even leave a comment in there. Tell them Darth (laughs) Foyda sent you. And if you want to, you can subscribe to the podcast on Twitter at Suns Jam. And the Phoenix Fans app, another place to interact with the show. You can enter or you can uh, follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter, and you can follow Matthew at Matthew Lissy. All right, it's been a couple days, but I'm you gonna have beer. To, I gotta you have to have a beer. I uh, went to Chick Fil A. Okay, what you get? Diet Coke. So I'm gonna be sipping on that. Sipping on some scissor. Late All right, Diet well, Coke. Well, I'm gonna pop this open. Cheers, Suns fans. Let's talk about this loss to the end of Pacers. Twenty five and twelve, the Phoenix Suns. That is their record now after a loss to the Indiana Pacers on the first game of a five-game homestand. Uh, Matthew, yeah. what 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 were your initial thoughts on this game? Just just give it to me straight. Tell me what you're feeling. I right will. Now. I will. Are you unbelievably but, upset? Are you are you mad? How many guys should we trade? You know, I'm not too upset. It takes EJ to really calm me down. I'd say a lot of teams have these kind of games, so I think it's just one of those games for the Suns. And I'm, I'm, I'm not. I would not be surprised if this team just bounces back like they always do. It's been a while since they had this kind of game. But first, John, I, I must apologize and bless me, Father John, for I've sinned. I was actually, I went to Chick Fil A on my lunch. And it took 20 minutes to get my meal. So I missed part of the third quarter. Oh, man. And I was listening to Al McCoy, though. It was nice. A, a couple ah. hiccups there, here and there, clearing his throat, uh, a little oh, I don't know, hawking a loogies. But kind of like yeah, you sometimes. Yep, exactly. We're all the same, right? See, you're just like Al McCoy, just like you always wanted to be. You got glasses <laughs> on, you're going to yep. lose your hair, and you're going to be talking about the Suns until you're old and gray. <laughs> Good for you, Matthew. Well, I'll tell you, the third quarter is really where the Suns lost this game. There was actually two stretches in which they lost this game. The first was that first part of the second quarter where, again, I just don't understand how the Suns become unfocused to begin the second quarter. That's typically where either if they're up big, they'll let a team back in it, or if it's close, they'll let that team get ahead. 
I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a rotational thing. I don't know if it's a lack of focus. Uh, I don't know if it's adjustments by the other team, in all honesty. Maybe they see something and they're like, hey, we can exploit this, and it takes Monty and his coaching staff a little bit longer to recognize what those adjustments are. And before you know it, it's a 13-0 run by the Indiana Pacers, and you've pretty much kind of lost the game. And then you go, you fast forward to the third quarter. The Suns get the lead all the way down to, I believe it was 73-70. And then in a blink of an eye, the Suns are are down 20 points. Uh, it's 97 to 77 to end the third quarter. So if my math serves me correctly, that's what, like a 24 to three run for the Indiana Pacers to finish the third. And in those two stretches where you become unfocused, where things don't go your way necessarily. And, and by unfocused, I mean like turnovers, sloppy turnovers. None of those, you know, turnovers where you're trying to force the issue, even just dribbling the ball and just, oh, here you go. You know, throwing mm-hmm. it across the court and seeing that, not seen a defender. Oh, here you go. So, I mean, yeah. a lot of those, you know, as Colton Brooks says in our chat, just too many turnovers tonight, man. It was too many. And I think a lot of it too, where it started with Dario Saric, where in the second quarter where he was kind of taking over and what, what I noticed a lot is Dario Saric, he's a leader of the second unit, of course. So, I was like, oh, this is going to be nice watching the second unit and Dario Saric take over, you know, help us extend this lead. But it, it went totally opposite. It was basically him having a hard time handling the ball, turning the ball over, like he said, just handing it to him. The entry passes to DA, those were tough. CP3 Ooh, was man. having the hardest time giving him the ball. Like every pass was being tipped. Whether it's mm-hmm. turnover or not, it was just not, it was not getting there. And I don't know, they're still having that confusion too. So to see that kind of sucks. But yeah, it was just turnovers, and it really was. When I was listening to it on the radio, it was a turnover by book, and then that chase down block, which I missed. Live oh, action, beautiful, beautiful. I missed it. And then that's it why you liked like, it when I said something on Twitter. You're like, yeah, because oh, I was like, on my phone. You're on your yeah. phone. Yeah. Chick Fil A drive through, and I was I was listening. I was like, okay, nice. And then Mikael Bridges hits a three. I'm like, here we go. And then it was turnover, turnover, turnover. And I, Al McCoy almost had a heart attack. It was it was sad to hear. Well, what's really interesting is when you look at the final stats of this game, because again, the Suns lost by a total of 11 points, 122 to 111, right? Uh, Total made field goals. The Suns made 43 field goals. The Indiana Pacers made 46. So they only made three more baskets throughout the entire game than the Suns did. You look at three-pointers. The Suns made 12. Indiana made 13. So they only made one more three-pointer than we did. You go down to turnovers. The Suns had 16 turnovers in this game. How many do you think the Indiana Pacers had? They had 12, right? Or 11? They had 15. 15? Because they, okay. they were turning the ball over plenty in the fourth quarter. The Suns just weren't necessarily capitalizing on those. You look at points in the paint, 60 for the Pacers, 54 for the Suns. So again, not something that's utter domination, you know, fat points off of turnovers. The Suns uh, gave up 19. The Pacers gave up 15. So kind of across the board, it was a really even game at the end of it all. And you just kind of, it was, is more of a, a timing thing. I feel yeah. than actuality. What, what kind of came out of the court, you look at the free throw line, the Pacers are, were a plus four on the free throw line. They, they had 17 made free throws. The Suns had, uh, 13. So, but you add all that together. Okay. Four points here uh, on the three pointers. That's, you know, three points that they outscored us there uh, from two pointers. That's two more on there. So, I mean, that's how it eventually happens, but that's not at all how the game felt. So if you were to sit here and be somebody who just simply looks at the box score and goes, Oh, well, according to this game, you know, they narrowly beat them in these certain areas and it all added up perfectly. You'd be like, it must've been a close game. And it really didn't feel like that at all. This game. No, cause they kind of pulled away really quickly. And there was a, Sometimes where I feel like Monty wasn't calling the timeout. We haven't really talked about that in a while, but there was a certain times in the game where there was just no timeouts called to stop the stop the uh, the stretch that the Pacers were on multiple times in the game. But I think if you go to that, it's just kind of making up excuses. I think the 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 freaking uh, what is it? The Pacers. I I wasn't calling the Blazers. The Pacers themselves. I think they were just really scrappy tonight. They were just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Perimeter defense was really stellar. Yes. Uh, it was fun to watch Booker play tonight a little bit. He kind of seemed like he was hurt maybe more tonight because he couldn't get an offensive. He couldn't get it going while shooting the ball, but he was actually, he was kind of fun to watch when he was trying to facilitate the ball and get to wide open, you know, teammates. And mm-hmm. they just kind of, they just missed him. And I think he, we had an opportunity in the end to where he was trying to feed the wide open three point shooter, but they were just missing the, missing the shot. And uh, I don't know. It was just it really comes down to that. I think 
having a rough night tonight. I am. <laughs> no, you're not. Just drink some of that diet cock and you'll have yeah. a good time. So <laughs> I'm um, thrown off tonight a little bit. But but one thing I'll tell you, and, and you touched on this, and we touch on this a lot. You know, to start the second quarter, for example, this is a, the Pacers were on a 13-0 run. Uh, this is all happened while Chris Paul and Booker were on the bench, and there was zero Monty timeouts. He called it after they went, they hit point number yeah. 13. And I was watching the game and I was in the living room and I, and after they hit like the seventh point, I think it was a three point. I'm like timeout. And we didn't do that timeout. Yes. And then, you know, there's six more points that were given up there. And we've talked about that in the past about how sometimes Monty doesn't necessarily call his timeouts. And he really wanted to have faith in that squad for the reason that, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker were getting rest simultaneously. And that is one scary aspect of the Suns is if you don't have Chris Paul on the court and you don't have Devin Booker on the court, do they have the offensive firepower to keep up with teams? It's something we've commented on plenty throughout the season. And one of the things that makes this team effective is their continual ability to put up points, whether it's our first team or second team, or even some of our tertiary team players. But generally, whenever that happens, you're going to have Chris Paul playing or you're going to have Devin Booker playing at, and, you know, alongside Etwan Moore or campaign or, you know, I don't know, I don't know what happened to Langston Galloway, but he's not getting any minutes these days. No, he was Javon Carter got minutes today. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on what the Suns can do when Booker and Paul are on the bench? Because, again, when that happened in the second quarter. They were a negative. Uh, the, the team was a negative 13. Well, it's tough because I think a lot of the times when they're off the court, you have Sarge and they kind of play like a point Sarge thing where he does have the ball at the top of the key to run the offense. But the defense for the Pacers were just so up in his face where I think for Sarge, it's hard to deal with that because he can't really move. He can't really dribble around that and pass out of it. So it starts there. And then you give Nader a lot of minutes too. And I hope this isn't the pot where it's like, you know, bench Nader. I think he had a pretty decent game defensively. Uh, He's getting a lot got, of love he, in the chat right now. Yeah, good. Okay. Because he, he, he got to the line. He was doing his job, missed a couple threes, but he's getting those minutes. So... The only thing I can think of is why is Langston getting minutes, but I'm not going to blame anything in this game. I think the Suns just miss a lot of opportunities around the basket, just missing their shots. So if we're going to talk about with Booker and Chris Paul off the bench or off the court at the same time, it's it's kind of just reaching for stuff a little bit. You know, it, It's not going to happen too much. I think Monty is still seeing maybe what he has as a backup point guard. And Campaign had a rough night tonight too. And his passing skills were just way down low. He was having a hard time even finding anybody open. When they were open, he just didn't see them. So he he was just trying to get his shot off tonight. So when you have all that coming and going, it's just it's hard to tell really what what would stick, what you can really blame anything on tonight. Well, and I I don't think there's necessarily anything to blame. I mean, it's it's going to happen in the NBA. You're not going to win every game. The Pacers are a team that went to the playoffs last year. They're a team that's been disappointing to start this year because they were without the services of Karis LeVert following the James Harden trade. They traded Oladipo, who was their second highest scorer, and, and hoped to get Karis LeVert. And then, obviously, he was out due to the kidney uh, mass that they found and uh, successfully operated on. And this is his first game back, and he had an opportunity to contribute to this team. And you look at their starting five, uh, Sabonis had 22 points and, by the way, 13 rebounds and 10 assists. So nice little triple mm -hmm. dub there for the, the big-headed Saboner there. Uh, Miles Turner had 16 points and eight boards, 25 points from Malcolm Brogdon, 10 points from uh, Holiday, and then Levert, you know, in his first game back, threw 13 points. And then you had 22 points off the bench from Doug McDermott, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. So, I mean, it was yeah. a team that definitely – uh, knew who the knew their role, Jabroni, and they played accordingly. And <laughs> as you mentioned, you know they were hungry. They're a team that had a twelve point lead last night against the Los Angeles Lakers, and they carried over that that you know performance against the Suns. They lost that game to the Lakers. They weren't losing this one tonight to Phoenix, unfortunately. Yeah, those leads. I mean. I honestly, that's one thing I don't want to talk about a lot in the NBA is this lead's given up because it happens to every team. It happens all the time. So to be surprised about a 12-point lead, even tonight when they're up by 20 or plus, like for the Suns to come back and win this game, wouldn't be surprising because this is what happens, especially when the Suns are more of like the elite team and the NBA, it's going to happen. And they had a chance tonight. The Suns did. They just couldn't make their shots. But coming from last night, especially a back-to-back, -back, it's like you think, oh, maybe they'll be tired. But no, that doesn't happen in the NBA anymore. These teams, like you said, that'll carry over to the next game. 
but any lead that they give up the night before is forgotten. And then they have to do the same thing the next night. And then they could give up another lead again because that's just the NBA. People get hot and cold. So it's not as surprising to me anymore when even if the Sun the Suns did lose a course tonight, but if they were to win this game, I wouldn't be surprised at all. No, I, I agree. And I think that uh Eddie Johnson talks about it sometimes how you know you think that a team's gonna be tired on the second night of a back to back. No, yeah, they're actually no. in more rhythm. And they're playing, you know, they're more in tune with their basketball skill set. And, you know, Phoenix just kind of looked lazy in this game overall. They were getting out hustled uh, kind of in every capacity. And when that happens, you find yourself in a hole and then you have to try to dig yourself out. So that's just kind of the lesson that was learned tonight. Nothing I'm going to take away from this game and say the Suns need to change this. The Suns need to change that. And not necessarily. Watch 2021. It was weird, Matthew. Another mm-hmm. fourth quarter without DeAndre Ayton. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is weird. And plus, Sarge is playing the whole fourth quarter every night, it seems like now. I mean, he came in. Sarge came in in the third quarter with two minutes left, and he finished out the game. Um, it is strange because you want Ayton in there, especially if he needs to learn how to, how to play against these big guys in crucial minutes. Even though the Suns are getting blown out, if you're going to start a run, you need your big guy in there. Um, he started out pretty good. I mean, the first quarter he was six and six, six point six rebounds, three offensive rebounds, which is really nice to see from him. And then again, like last, like the two the two nights ago, the last game where he just kind of just fizzled out. That's exactly what happened tonight. And I don't know what is going on with him not getting fourth quarter minutes. I mean, I know we're going to talk about that right now, but I just wanted to ask you, like, what? What do you think is going on, and why would he not get those minutes? Maybe you can play him and Sarge together, but having Sarge in there. In the fourth quarter is great because he is he's the difference is Sarge will get on the floor and get those balls. He'll go after people who the balls out in front of Sarge. He'll go after them and try to take it from them. So that's what I think Monty really wants in the fourth quarter is someone to give it give it their all, especially in games like this where it might be a blowout to give your team a chance. Aiden needs to be that way. But what do you think though with Aiden not playing the fourth quarter again? Well, I think. At first, you know, you look early in the game. So let, let, let's start early in the game with DeAndre. And he was having kind of a tough time because you always forget about Miles Turner when you talk about the Indiana Pacers. Everybody talks about DeMontis Sabonis. He's a back-to-back all-star. He's very fundamentally found uh, sound. He's somebody who's going to put you in foul trouble. Uh, he's and, and DA was playing some decent defense on him. He really was. But then you have Miles Turner as well, who's just... Uh, a fantastic rim protector. I believe he leads yeah. the NBA in blocks. So you have that going against you. And starting with Aiton and Frank out there wasn't necessarily a, a winning combination right off the bat. You look, Frank Kaminsky in the first half played a total of, uh, what, six total minutes and was a negative mm-hmm. three. So, you know, that was Monty just trying to see if his size can match up against their size. But DeMontis Sabonis is just a wrecker. I mean, you're not going to stop that guy. So I think that he went to the Sarich Aiton kind of lineup early to try to test that out, and the Suns actually were clicking on offense with it. I mean, Dario Sarich comes in the game. He hits two threes. He makes a really good pass, and uh, you see his impact, and it opens up Aiton a little bit. Now, as as the game progresses, again, Aiton is kind of having a hard time, and you mentioned it. The, the passing to, to DA, I wrote this in my notes, it was just really sloppy. I mean, I don't understand how they, like, like can we just admit that the passes to Aiton are trash? They are, like, but then how come every other player on that team can get open in the paint or around the paint, and then a nice pass is nice and crisp, a bounce pass or a little lob to them almost perfectly. Like if it's Sarich, anybody under the rim like they can get a nice pass. DA just can't get the ball. Like I don't know if it's the passes or his positioning, but he just can't. Like what is that? Well, but I get that, but part of this tonight as you mentioned like it was laziness by both DA and CP3. There was three times I counted where CP3 tried to pass the ball to Aiden and Sabonis jumped the pass. And then Booker tried, you know, uh, he Aiden's in the in the paint and Mikael Bridges twice was going up for a basket and tried to do a wraparound pass around the yes. defender. And it was a bad, both times it was a bad pass because halfway, halfway through the pass, he realized DA DA wasn't looking. DA's got his head up looking at the rim. He's not set, like always watching the ball in case he might get a pass. So he's kind of, 
a guy in the middle. He's half looking at the rebound, half looking for the pass. So you have that. And then you're right on if we're trying to pass to him in the block. And I talked about this a little on the last podcast because I think CP3 was doing a really good job of feeding Dario Saric on the block. And I'm like, maybe with DeAndre Ayton, it's more along the lines of uh, the gravity that he pulls. It makes it a little bit tougher. But he also has a really bad time because he's so athletic. He's he's more lean than he is mass. So he gets pushed off the block. If you sit there and just watch him try to get uh, offensive positioning or even defensive positioning sometimes on rebounds, he very easily allows himself to be, you know, the the guy to put his their their uh, knee in there in his hip, like his thigh in his hip and move him off his spot. And when that's Mm -hmm. happening, the entry passes become harder and harder because you're compressing your defender. The, the area between you, your defender, and the defender and DA, and it becomes compressed so you can't get the ball into him. And, th- I mean, there was a couple times in this where I just I was really shocked that he wasn't getting better positioning. Uh, I, I get it. Sabonis and Turner, they're both two guys who are really tough to play. And it's sad that that's two games in a row now where Monty's like, I'm just going to keep him on the bench. And I don't know how much of a big deal it is. I don't know how much to read into it. But at the same time, like if we play certain teams in the playoffs, I don't, you know, could DA become one of those centers who, you know, they always say like uh, Clint Capella was a great example for the Houston Rockets during those playoff runs that they had together with the James Harden and Chris Paul teams. He couldn't play in the fourth quarter because there was no place for him. <laughs> Dario yeah. Sarch is more of a shooter. Dario Sarch is more of a technically sound guy. So I don't know if this is a preview of things to come or if I'm just over reading into this. But what is really strange is when did DA really play himself out of playing, not playing the fourth quarter? What happened to where it's like we can't count on DA in the fourth quarter? I don't remember him losing games for us or not playing good defense in the fourth quarter to help us win games. Agreed. Like, so, so I don't know what they're trying to do here where he's not coming back in the fourth. Because like we talk about all the time, DA and I are like, we're all stumble through the pod. You heard it the first 20 minutes. Terrible. And then DA the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> no, but then the 40-minute mark. On fire. 40 minute, no, actually, 40-minute mark. I'm tired already. But DA, he needs these reps. He needs to be in there, of course. But if the Suns are winning with Saric, it's great. Last podcast, we're like, okay, Saric is getting these minutes. I even wrote the piece about Aiden, the Aiden watch from the bench, but he's learning yes. and stuff. But there's there's a there's something going on where we just don't know. And it's kind of really weird and kind of frustrating to maybe they're seeing like what we can do without Aiden, how far we can go. If we don't have Aiden in the fourth quarter, not on this team or something, that's what people might start thinking. You know what I mean? All these questions are going to be out there now. And I don't know why Monty is doing this. Maybe if we had an insider, it'd be nice, but I cannot put my finger on it because DA did nothing. I feel like to play himself out of a fourth quarter minutes. Yeah. And he provides solid defense. So I really don't know. I don't know. I'm with you. You know, I'm just I'm kind of shocked because you look at it through how many how many total minutes did we get out of the, the big guy today? Twenty nine total minutes, seven for ten shooting, fourteen and twelve. Yes, I mean, nice stat, nice stat line, and that's through three quarters. He didn't play mm-hmm. in the fourth again, so I just th- there's something again. This might be a little stretch of the schedule also, and this is obviously complete speculation because what do we know? We're a couple of drunken idiot Suns fans who have no inside sources. High on Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> we just drink Diet Coke and sit in, in Chick-fil-A drive throughs But, you know, maybe this is Monty taking an opportunity to see, okay, like, like Jay, uh, G. Yan says, you know, so maybe they want to go small. And I think that's valid. They were maybe trying to go small to get back in the game and, and mm-hmm. perhaps try to beat the uh, uh, Indiana Pacers with athleticism, athleticism versus size. Um, but it's two games in a row that the Suns have done this, and that's what makes Weird. it kind of uh, really interesting. And, and Luke Wallace says, supposedly the staff are really into the analytics. And I don't know you know, you how much merit that is. Our but yeah, but- if we're adjusting our lineups every game, of course we are. I mean, that's what it has to be, analytics. But if you're saying that DeAndre is our, su- our future star, which he can be still, I mean, you would want him to be in the fourth quarter. If he's going to be pissed off about it, I don't blame him. If he's going to talk to coach about it, be like, F analytics, I'm going to be your future center here in Phoenix. That's what I want to be. Then leave me in the game. I want to play with Booker and CP3 in crunch time minutes. It's weird how it's just gone away the last two games. Speaking of CP3, Mm -hmm. uh, what an interesting night for him, huh? Uh, Ten assists. So you look down and you're like, oh, wow. He's really setting his team up. Two for 10 from the field. Eight points. Rough night for him. Yeah, he had two turnovers, 
Uh, it felt like a lot more because a lot of those were like tip passes and and almost turnovers. He had a lot of oopsie-daisies and almost. Uh, but the first time I've really watched Chris Paul, and he looked tired tonight. He did. Remember we mentioned it last podcast where yep. he looked super tired, but tonight he looked like he was like a waiter waiting tables. He was basically just in there like, hey, you guys all right? All right, I'm going to go over here, you know, wait. But he forgot everyone's freaking ranch tonight, dude, like five times. <laughs> he will not bring the freaking ranch. He was just, he just looked tired, dude. He looked like he was out of it. And I don't, he just want to get a shot to go down either, even the mid range, but 10 assists. I don't know, man. It was just a weird game. I think when the Suns lose now, it just turns out to be these weird, strange games where no one really looks the same or else shots don't go down. It's just a combination of both. But CP3 just had one of those off nights tonight, too. CP3 not bringing the ranch the, tonight. The waiter. He's, he's basically the waiter, right, for this team? <laughs> he he's is. just there to make sure everything's going okay. He's yes, not gonna... he, he delivers the bread, but he forgets yeah. to bring the butter. He's like, that tonight he forgot the butter, you know? So yeah. it's okay, CP3. Uh, Colton Brooks just said in the chat, and uh, it's true, Cam Johnson would have helped us tonight. And I really yes. think so, because think about this as well. Uh, Jay Crowder, who is kind of feeling that Cam Johnson role right now, and maybe mm-hmm. another reason, in all honesty, why Aiton's not, Aiton's not getting those uh, fourth quarter minutes is just the rotations are just a little off with Cam Johnson being out. But Jay Crowder, 18 minutes, 1 for 8 from the field, 0 for 3 from deep, 2 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. Uh, a very pedestrian, less than pedestrian night from Jay Crowder, and we know that these will happen. Uh, what's unfortunate is kind of other members of the bench uh, you know, followed suit uh, relative, like you said, campaign, you know, the nine points, four for six shooting, but it was had really, you know, one assist really wasn't out there provided, or I'm sorry, two assists. Yeah, one assist, zero assist. I can't read, two assists. He wasn't, <laughs> he didn't look as Chris. No one, and uh, God, it, I don't want to sit here, but it's, we're almost like 30 minutes into this podcast. It's like, yeah, that wasn't crisp. No, that wasn't crisp. Uh, do you know what's crisp? <laughs> My crispy chicken that I got from Chick fil A. <laughs> Hey, you know, it's a weird game when Jay Crowder is trying to shoot mid-range jump shots, right? Yes. <laughs> He's that, it from that, that was his well, one make. His one make was a midi. Yeah, that is crazy. Like, if he's doing that, you know it's going to be a weird-ass game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, c- completely agree. Uh, another thing I want to talk about, you know, again, Devin Booker, 9 for 20. I, I kind of harp mm-hmm. always on his efficiency. 20 points, 20 shots, not what you want to see. Six turnovers tonight from Booker. And he was getting a little chirpy with the refs at halftime, right as the half ended. And I actually put a poll out there asking if uh, what the Jamsters thought on Twitter, whether or not he was going to get his ninth technical foul this season. And the yeah. vast the vast majority actually thought that he, he was. And uh, he surprised <laughs> me. He didn't. So kudos mm-hmm. to you, Booker. It was Chris Paul who got the stupid technical foul at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, you thought he was going to go off, but I think he was more mad at himself tonight, Booker. He just really knew, like, when he made his last shot of the game when there was, like, 24 seconds left, he was just like, damn, like, where was I tonight? You know he was just that way, and I think it was, like, the rest of the team where they're just, like, off. He just had an off night. He almost got the technical, but he didn't, and he cooled off just because I think he was really mad at himself. But sometimes, two and two, go like, he'll actually get mad at himself in the rest, and that'll equal to a, a T. But tonight, I think he was just pissed off at himself. He couldn't get the shot to go down. Any pass he was making, no one was making the shot. So it just was an all-out effort on his end, but just nothing would fall for him. Yeah, just an unfortunate night for our superstar, Dave Book. Uh, 67.8% of the Jamsters thought that he was going to get that ninth technical foul. And, you know, kudos to him for having the maturity to just go, you know what, I'm going to keep yeah. that one in my pocket this time because uh, he's getting close to that that number where he's going to get fined for it so mm-hmm. um how about we talk about our uh, jack taylor award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you doug fucking mcdermott dude mm-hmm. like 22 points every time the suns could get a little run going dougie who went to creighton which is also the same place that tyshawn alexander son's g-leaguer went to college uh yeah, 22 points, 9 for 13 from the field. I mean, he was kind of the rally stopper tonight. Rally the Valley, he was the rally stopper. Yeah, I mean, these this Pacers team, they're just full of just real ball players that can find weaknesses in your defense, and I think that's what he did. Everyone thought he might shoot, but he just took everything to the rim. He's not a really good three-point shooter this year, but he honestly, he, uh, he kind of surprised me, of course, but he got to the rim at will just like a lot of these guys tonight, but he was unstoppable, and I think that's the way the Pacers have to be to be a contender, not a contender, but a contender for the playoffs this year is just find the weaknesses in the defense, and that's what they do, man. Like These guys are really high IQ guys on the court, you know? So mm-hmm. that's just what he is, and he just 
figured out a way to get around his defender and get to the rim every freaking time it seemed like and we had no rim presence on the defensive end so go ahead and let him in at will that's exactly what he did and I knew he would win this award tonight. So I looked up his point total per game and it was 13 and points per game. And he got 20. What was it? 20? Was it 20? 22. 22. Yeah. 22. So I don't know. Well-earned, I guess by him, huh? Well, I think the thing uh, that shocks us, the thing that shocks me the most is just how much he looks like you, man. I mean, I swear. Oh, like, look at that one, dude. Look at, look at that picture of Matthew. That's my, right? li- that's my LinkedIn profile. Picture, that's correct. Dude. That's that where I got, got it? it. I got it off the internet. Your LinkedIn look profile picture looks just like Dougie D. Um, Doug McBuckets, yeah. as they, they were calling him on the <laughs> podcast, looks just like Matthew. Yeah, um, yeah it, nice. you know, th- this Pacer team, again, they're they're now 17 and 20, entering this game, obviously, 16 and 20. They're a team that I'm a big fan of. They're one of those Eastern Conference teams that I really think, because of the way that they play, they're very fundamentally sound, and obviously mm-hmm. that's personified by the fact that they have DeMontis Sabonis. They have Malcolm Brogdon, who I know both you and I are big fans of, and I thought that somebody the Suns should have made a run yes. at when Milwaukee made him av- available at the end of uh, a couple seasons ago. I really like the way that they play basketball. I know that they've been hurt. I know that they're trying to find themselves uh, relative to how mm-hmm. they play and execute the style that they want to play. They have TJ McConnell as well, who's another he's there. He's like the white Javon Carter. He's the guy who comes in and is just very pesky, can hit some big shots. And the way that their roster is constructed, they're a team that you you don't want to draw if you're in the playoffs. Like if you're the the Milwaukee Bucks, you don't want to play the Pacers. If you're the Heat, if you're the Sixers, you don't want to play the Pacers because they're going to make you earn every point. You saw it tonight. Their perimeter defense is legit. They're a team that plays very much like the Suns. What was frustrating, I think, the most for me tonight was the fact that the Suns kept missing their open shots. They didn't get very many open shots tonight. But Devin Booker, as you mentioned, did a good job of facilitating his playmaking ability in an attempt to provide his team with open shots. And his teammates just didn't knock them down. And unfortunately, you know, you hit two or three of those threes, it becomes a very different game and it gets a lot closer. Mm-hmm. And maybe the, the Suns can lock it down. DA maybe get some more minutes in there. Uh, but I really, I like this team. So knowing that we lost to them doesn't necessarily, it's not a punch in the gut like a Wizards or a Pistons loss. This is a quality opponent and you yes. lost to them. Oh, well, on to the next one. Uh, yeah. Somebody somebody said in the chat that this should have been an opportunity to have uh, CP3 get some rest. And I, I, I can see why he didn't get some rest. Again, quality opponent. I think there's a back-to-back up coming against the Wolves, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if CP3 doesn't play one of those games. Yeah, but I would be surprised if he does play because that's just the way Chris Paul is. He won't let you know he's tired. We saw it tonight, but is he really tired? I don't know. It just looked like on his face. When they showed him in the pregame, just sitting there on the bench, just staring. I was like, dude, this guy looks like he's going to have yeah. an off night. And he did. I mean, you could tell with him. And the way he he works himself up the court, just like kind of walking and a little jog here and there. It looks like it's hard to watch. I mean, it's hard to watch because it looks like it hurts a little mm-hmm. bit for him to, for him to run. Um, but we were talking about um, Booker, too, facilitating the ball. Yeah, yeah. and. I think he tried his best, and this is this is an opponent where if you're tired, it's it's going to be a hell of a night. It's like playing the old Suns, you know, running, you know, running gun. But this team is actually opposite, where they're just going to kill you defensively and get nice and easy buckets just by outsmarting you. That's what they did, and they make you earn it on the offensive end. I mean, they no do. no shot is easy, and we saw that quite a few times. Mm-hmm. This is a reminder to everybody who is watching along live. Please subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. We're pushing for 900 subscribers. We're getting ever so close. So if you haven't subscribed and you're watching right now, go ahead and press, mm-hmm. just press the button. That's all you got to do. Press it. Press it. Press it, please. please. And if you're listening on the Bright Side of Sun Podcast Network, please subscribe, rate, and review. We're looking for five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. If you want to go ahead and leave a review of the pod, you know, tell Matthew what you would order at Chick-fil-A. You can let us know via that area right okay. there. Or right there Chick-fil-A the or Popeye's. Which one do you prefer? Chick-fil-A That's or Popeye's? That's a good one. Yeah, you know, I've never I'm had the Popeye's right chicken sandwich. Never had it. It's good, and then they have the fish sandwich, too. It is so good, dude. Oh, they're close to Chick-fil-A. I think they might be a little bit better. So, well, What's funny is when I was stationed in, in Korea, there was a Popeye's on post, and I used to eat it all the time, but they didn't have the chicken sandwich back then. No. But I know their chicken tenders are fire. I just don't yeah, know. They've, the they've always been good. Like. Yeah, they've always been good. Jam star of the game. 
If you're watching along live in the chat, you can let us know who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, who are you bestowing with the dubious honor of jam star of the game in this loss to the Pacers? This is actually tough. I was going to give it just to Booker because I thought I thought he had an off night, but he really was trying to fight his way through it. And you can just tell like how pissed off he was at himself, like I said earlier. But even like going into halftime, when he came out, I thought he played great when I was in my car. He sounded like he was playing great. And he just didn't give up. And I, I love that he didn't give up tonight, and I thought he put up some decent numbers. But, I mean, just nothing would go down for him. But I, I think I might give it to DA. Just, you know, give him a little little hug after this one just give him some love just because he put up some great numbers he did an okay job he was he was he was working his way towards a good fourth quarter and i was kind of excited to see it it didn't happen but i'm gonna give him a deep book just tie it up they're both gonna share the jam star award um even though in the loss i'm gonna give it to them dude because they okay i think they deserve it tonight okay well uh Mr. Men no Ken Hernandez That's says true. no one tonight. No Suns Jam Star. I got two of them, and he says no one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, I am going to uh, – there is some some love here for uh, Darth Nader. A um, couple people in the chat are saying it, uh, and I agree with that. You know, Abdu- Abdul Nader is somebody who gets a lot of love and some mild hate on Suns Twitter. Like when the Suns aren't playing well and he's in the lineup, he's the butt of the joke. It's uh, it's clearly Nader. Like, you know, but I really like what he brings to this team right now. Now, when we hit the playoffs, he's somebody who should probably get zero playing minutes unless a matchup really goes in our favor. But he's the kind of guy that you want coming off the bench with energy. He is the, the Lou Odmanson, if you will, of back in that 2010 squad, 2010 or 11 squad. You know, somebody who comes in and just he's going to hustle his ass off. He's going to be aggressive. Sometimes he's out of control, but you enjoy watching it. You know, he had 14 points off the bench, four for eight from the field, five for five free throws because he was forcing the issue and getting to the line. And he also had a couple steals and the team was really kind of in a funk. And when they tried to make that little comeback and and kudos to the Suns, because even in a game like this, where it was clear that they were disengaged, that this team was ready to out hustle them. There is no quit in this team. And if there is quit, the next guy who comes up isn't quitting. And, you know, again, that's kind of a moot payment. And there's no quit in this team is what I'm trying to say. They're, there's, they're going to keep punching. You know, if this was the Suns team two years ago and we were down by 20 points at the end of the third quarter, the fourth quarter would be would have been a three-point shooting contest. Mm-hmm. We would see guys just go out there. Javon Carter would shoot seven threes. Everybody would just try to get some stats and, and work on their three-ball game and the opposition would let them do so because we'd probably make one out of four and every time, you know, so 25% and they'd get the rebound and just kind of, you know, dribble the clock out. Uh, but Abdul Nader comes in and he's forcing the issue. He's trying to get fouls. He's, he's put, he's pissing off some bonus. You know, he's doing kind of some of those little things that get you noticed by the fan base. And I'm one of those fans and you know what? So that's, he's my jam star of the game. You know that it's not a good game if Darth Nader's getting the jam star of the game in a in a loss. If he gets one in a yeah. victory, it's an amazing game because you're like, how the fuck did that happen? But if might, it's in though. a loss, it's like, wow. He might. And honestly, I kind of think it's opposite. I think uh, Monty's kind of grooming him to be like the X factor in the playoffs to where he might get those minutes that he comes in like people or other teams just aren't really prepared even though he's getting a lot of minutes because he's forcing him these minutes. He's getting yeah. so many minutes from Monty. So maybe he's kind of grooming. Monty likes him. Yeah, it would be kind of weird if he's playing all these minutes and then the playoffs was just like, where's Nader at? Like he was doing very well. And I hate that you picked him because I could have picked him. I thought Mikel did great too. And then I was saying Sarich, dude, Sarich looked like Rocky Balboa tonight, right? In the ring. He was. So I picked the wrong guys tonight. Jeez, you picked the guy who didn't play in the fourth quarter, the guy who six turnovers. You're. I was gonna say anything, but I'm like, wow, Matthew. I mean, watch pick CP3 who went two for ten from the field. Yeah, jam star. <laughs> it's not the jam dud of the game, which could yeah, my be bad. Something that we do, jam dud be. of the game. So, um, well, let's let's move it along uh, down the line. And guess what? So we asked some questions prior to the beginning of this podcast on our last podcast. We said who was going to have more rebounds, Aiton or Sabonis? Aiden ended with a total of 12. Sabonis ended with a total of 13. So I don't remember who said what. I think we both think, said Sabonis. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. But Aiden should have had more than that, right? He should have if he played in the fourth quarter. Uh, over under Booker, 27 and a half points. And what's kind of unfortunate about this is, we, you know, we put this poll out there for the Jamsters mm-hmm. and 
Uh, 56% of our listeners thought that Booker would be over. 31% thought that he would be under. And 13% thought that he would have exactly 27.5 points. So 13% of our listeners are trolls, and that's what we have proven here. Um, you know, that's yeah. my, Only funny. 122 votes? Man, you guys, come on, get up on that. We used it's, to have like way more than that. It's a Saturday. No one's at work that's bored true. looking for something to do and answering our polls on Twitter. Yeah. They were out living their life on this beautiful, cloudy, slightly rainy Arizona day. Yeah, I know. I mean, we're... we're... How we're dare the ones you have no lies, right? God damn it, Jim. Yeah, I know. We're the ones who go live after every Suns game. Like, who, who has a life and who Losers. doesn't? Losers. Um, but I think we both said over in this, and Booker ended with a total of 20. So we were we were wrong there. Yeah. Uh, so. We both said the Suns would win. So therefore, we were both losers. So I had a chance to make up points on you, Matthew. You did. And you I failed. I picked the wrong night. So I am 13 and 9 on the season. I'm fast approaching 500. Matthew, you are 16 and 6 on choosing whether or not the Suns win in our guess what segment. Now we look towards our next game and that is Ja Morant and the Grizzlies yeah. on Monday, Matthew. What Boy. are your what are your thoughts on the uh the Memphis Grizzlies? Man, you have to give them some respect. 17 and 17 with all these injuries. They're still a really tough team to watch or to, you know, tough team to play, not to watch. Like, tough team to play. They're actually really fun to watch. They're actually really, yeah, John Moran. Well, he was my pick and before the season, my the, the guy I wanted to watch the most. I think that this is gonna be a tough game, of course. Um, I just with injuries, it sucks for them, but they just they play the Suns so tough every time. It's it's hard to choose the Suns that beat the Grizzlies, too, right? I mean, I think that the Suns have just their their off nights against them, and then and the Suns just lost tonight. So of course we have to play Memphis the next game. So <laughs> it's it's kind of scary to think about it now because I I just hate playing Memphis. I really do. Yeah, they're one of those teams that can give the Suns fits. Uh, they they are seventeen and seventeen as you mentioned. They're currently the ten seed. Uh, mm-hmm. in the Western Conference. And if they were 17 and 17 in the Eastern Conference, they'd be like the sixth seed. So that just, again, shows you kind of how that's weighted out. It's going to be an interesting game. You know, John Morant's obviously super exciting to watch. Um, obviously, also, I have an issue with one uh, Dylan Brooks. I just think, you know, he is the master flopper. And he's somebody who, I mean, just watch the This is footage of him playing at the University of Oregon. It is literally the worst flop I've ever seen in my life. And I hate playing him because I call him the human headbanger because that's what he does is he just, yeah. you know, he, he he gets under book skin. He gets him in foul trouble and he's kind of a pain in the ass. So. You know what I got to say to that, though? Go for it. Fuck that. Yes. Yes. Matthew with yes. the drop. Look at producer yes. Matthew. That's actually our producer in the other room, Ashley. She's doing a great job. She's our new producer, Aww. and she dr- perfect drop How right cute. there. Good job, Ashley. <laughs> cute, Good job, Ashley. Ashley. Uh, who's going to have more offensive rebounds in this game, Aiden or Valachunas? Someone brought it up in the in the comments. They were talking about Aiden. You know, he has to play better to get those minutes. Maybe he comes in and gets more offensive rebounds because tonight you saw him in on the the glass. We didn't even talk about that. He actually has some good offensive rebounds. Tippins, yeah. and I like him under there, and I think he just needs to stay there. So I'm going to say Aiden. Okay. I'm having a hard time talking tonight. I think it's a Diet Coke. Diet it's Coke leads so to memory f- loss. It does. does it? So don't. Yes, it does. So don't drink it right before especially pod. Right before, especially when you're already me. <laughs> when you're already me, and I forget everything. Don't drink Diet well, Coke. Well, you, you look at offensive rebounds, and Jonas Valanciunas averages 3.6 per game. Um, he's somebody who's big. Uh, I think that he he doesn't own DeAndre Ayton in any way, way, shape, or form. But Aiden's had a kind of hard time against those big guys with weird last names as of late. If it's a European guy, uh, or I guess Valtunis is where is where where's Valtunis from? I don't even know. New Lithuania, York, think, right? Lithuania. Lithuania, New York, Lithuania. <laughs> so know. that's like that's like Western Europe. If you're playing those Western Europe guys, he kind of has a hard time. But I'm gonna go with Aiden because we won't remember this what we said anyway. So uh, who who who's gonna have more assists, Ja Morant? Or CP3. CP3. That's my choice. Okay. I'll go with Ja. Okay. Why not? Nobody cares. Yeah, might as well. Who wins, Matthew? Suns or Grizzlies? <laughs> All right. So there has to be one more stretch towards the end of the season where the Suns 
don't go on like a losing streak really bad, but there has to be some more questions. It can't be this nice and this easy going into the playoffs, the last stretch of the season. I'm going to say the Suns lose this game to the Grizzlies, and there's just like more questions. I'm not saying it's going to be negative, it's going to break the team apart, but there's just going to be a little bit more, a little bit more negativity to just question the team a little bit. So I'm going to say the Grizzlies. Okay. Sorry, Sweet. guys. I'm going to say Suns win in an opportunity right. to try to close the gap. That'd be so, so funny if I win this. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna be so pissed. If no, if I would be pissed because the Suns lost, but I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna take Okay. All right, cool. I'm taking Suns win. All right. Sweet man. All right. I'll forget not... too. I will not I'll remember, remember this one. one. I'll remember this one. Thoughts. Um brains. So one thing I wanted to talk about before we get out of here today, Matthew, mm-hmm. is uh Joel Embiid, you know, he's somebody who I think who I gave my jammy to for his uh, uh, the Big Dick Book Award for the league. And I think that he's somebody who's really has an opportunity to to win the MVP award this year. He's putting up 32 and 12. I was having a conversation with somebody at work today where we're talking about kind of the conversation that Charles Barkley and Shaq had on. Uh, the TN- on TNT. Did you see that after the Suns game I, last I time? I did. I saw just a snip of it. I kind of hardly can tell what the hell they were talking about. But yeah, go ahead. Well, but I mean, they're essentially having that conversation as, you know, is, should CP3 be mentioned in the uh, the MVP conversation because of what he's done in Phoenix? And, you know, Shaq's kind of yeah. making the point that, no, it's for the best player. And then Chuck's making the point. Well, it's like, if that's the case, then why didn't Michael Jordan only win five? And kind of that yes. whole conversation. And obviously Shaq is going to be, anti the guy who really helps the team because he lost a couple MVPs essentially to Steve Nash when he won those MVPs. So they were just kind of having that conversation. And, you know, to me, I, I, then that carried over into a conversation I had at work and we were kind of mirroring that conversation. I'm like, listen, Joel Embiid is the MVP this year. I mean, the numbers that he's putting up in the way that in the fashion that he's doing it and with the number one team in the East, that just makes sense. He is the best player on one of the best teams you know, and, and we talked a little bit about Nikola Jokic and the, the, you know, the challenge with Jokic obviously is Denver isn't playing up to their potential as of yet. They're a team that is, let's see here, Denver. They're now 22 and 16 and they've won seven out of their last 10. So they're definitely hard marching back. But then unfortunately the other night, Joel Embiid went down with an injury. Mm-hmm. A knee bruise. You still there? Oh yeah, you're here. Okay, I'm like talking in the middle. <laughs> oh, I can't hear you. The hyperextension looks bad. Oh. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on you know that injury? Joel Embiid, you know, is going to be out for the next two to three weeks. I think they said with that knee bruise. What does that kind of do to the MVA, M- MVP landscape? Is this an opportunity for Jokic to kind of take hold, or is it LeBron's to lose? What 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 do you think? I honestly think I think LeBron's out of it because of the stretch before the All-Star break. I really do. I don't, I don't think people really are looking at that, how they lost five games without AD. I mean, that's AD's case. That's AD's case for MVP right there. Mm-hmm. So AD would win and not LeBron. Uh, Jokic has an opportunity. Denver just has to get their shit together. Michael Porter Jr., when he's back, I think they're going to be a better team. So he is a front runner right now, I think, with him beat out. It sucks. This is why I love the NBA and why I hate it. But I mean, this is why I hate it the most is because of injuries like this. Embiid finally is having the season where we've always wanted him to see go out there and dominate to where he he's the best player in the league. And he always has the opportunity. He's in shape. He's focused every game. He wants to play every minute. And then this happens. I just hate it. It it sucks so much. But for the case, there's a case for the Suns where Devin Booker, Chris Paul, I've, I've said earlier where I think Chris Paul can be mentioned in that race. Because look at the Suns' record. It's all because of Chris Paul. I know we yes. can say Booker, and he's having the stats he's throwing up there now. But it's Chris Paul. He's turned this franchise around. It's not Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder has definitely helped. But it's not. It's Chris Paul. He's the MVP. He's the most valuable player on that team. Without Chris Paul, the Suns wouldn't be winning this way. If Chris Paul was ejected from games, I'd be like, no, Suns might not have a chance to win this. Even if he goes one for eight in the game, him being on the floor, just the presence of him, he's MVP for the Suns for sure. It's just it's up to the Suns to get that record up there and his stats to be increased a little bit just to get acknowledged. No, I agree. I think that you know he'll he should be mentioned in the MVP MVP race. 
I don't think there's any chance he'll win it, nor really should he at this point. But I think there should be some acknowledgement for what he's done to assist in turning this team around. Uh, again, for Joel Embiid, it just sucks to see him injured in such a fashion. A guy that big, you know, seeing him, uh, a knee bruise, anything to do with your legs when you're a big like that, it's scary to see. And it just sucks because we're robbed of good NBA play. And Joel Embiid is somebody who hasn't, put the whole thing together and he was doing it this season. It's just been fun to play. He's one of those teams, the 76ers when they're on, I'm watching them. There's probably about four teams. If they're on, like I'm definitely watching them, you know, and they're, they're right there around the top of the list. I really like watching Brooklyn, although it's almost like a cheat code. It's almost getting annoying. Like I think because they have Harden, it just annoys me. Like I, I've really liked watching Brooklyn. Now it's like with so much Harden these days, I'm just like when it's Kyrie running the ball, running the offense, like this is fun, man. The nets are fun. And then they go into Harden mode and I'm just like, but because Brooklyn's Brooklyn's the only team though, that has three stars on our team. Now it's always two stars right Mm -hmm. now. And that's why it's annoying to watch because they're the only team left really that has three unless I'm missing one. No, I think you're right. Like a big yeah. three. Like those are like yeah, those guys are all three. With. It's two of them have a championship. Yeah, they're yeah, like the so old Celtics. Where it's NBA. boring to watch them. I'm just gonna say it. Brooklyn's fun, but it's I don't want to watch them just because Hot it's too takes. much. I Hot love KD. Takes. I love James Harden. I love all those guys, but it's just it's boring to watch that shit. Yeah, Sorry. it is. It is. It's like a cheat code. It's I'm not just fair. Say it. I even yeah. love their jersey and their car. Or they're not dude, their car. Their floor. God. Just their card, their cardigans, their, their cardigans. Let's when they wear cardigans, you really like them. <laughs> well, um, yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, hashtag this is your reminder. Hashtag JaVale McGee. Make sure he gets on the Suns. And just remember that tonight, in a 11 point loss to the Indiana Pacers, Chris Paul and Jake Crowder combined three of 18 from the field. So trade them. There you go. Trade them. They need to get out of here. Uh, Matthew, that's going to be it for this version of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We will be live with you, Jamsters, on Monday night following the game against the Memphis Grizzlies, in which the Suns will win. And I will finally game again on Matthew in our Guess What segment. A reminder to go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hit us up on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Leave a comment. Tell Matthew what's better, chicken filet sandwiches or Popeye chicken sandwiches. He wants to know. That's the place mm-hmm. to tell them. If you're watching on YouTube, press subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. We truly appreciate it. Follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, the Phoenix Fans app, TikTok, wherever you wherever you can type in at Suns Jam, we will pop up. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew. Let's see. All right, Suns fans. Again, thank you for joining us for the show. I'm done. Have a good night. See you Monday. All right. I won't go home and love your family. Look out for the DeAndre and Nikola Vucevic trade coming up. Have a good night. What? It's just one of them days when I want to be all alone. It's just one of them days when I got to be all alone. It's just one of them days.